Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A pro. Okay, so today we have our first ever guest. Um, what? <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Yeah. Pressure's on a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. So today we have Sarah from the Birds Papaya joining us. So she is an influencer on Instagram. Um, she does a lot of lifestyle content and a lot of body positive content as well. Um, so thank you, Sarah, for coming on. Oh my gosh. This is very exciting. I followed <laughs> you for a really long time. So you branching into that because I find you've gotten a lot more depth to your content. Even in the last like year, I've yeah. just started to like tap into like a lot of the deeper roots of you and then now you're doing this podcast I just think it's awesome so I'm very happy to be here yeah thanks for coming on and I'm gonna be also doing a podcast on Sarah's podcast which will be coming out soon do yeah, we have we a hope. date I mean I should probably do that <laughs> um yeah the papaya podcast my like low-key goal is June I've got okay. a lot in the bank like recorded I just need to like pull the trigger and push it Do out it. yeah oh, man we should have done that more we did not have a lot in the bank we were like <laughs> okay let's do a, a podcast thing. and then we it was like a week later we were like and here it is, <laughs> and here it is. Yeah. so it's probably better the way that you're doing it so. I don't know if it was because then you have so much anxiety build up I had like imposter syndrome for like seven months where yeah. I'm like no I can't do this like everybody has a podcast like who are you like I did that <laughs> I kept like every time I would step back into it I just panicked and be like nope I don't like this I don't it's so uncomfortable because it's such a new space and I think it's almost a little bit more vulnerable because normally oh, yeah. I'm a writer when you're writing you kind of like get that moment to like reflect and look on it but I honestly I realized after all of that how much I love podcasts and how much I love putting down my phone and listening and utilizing my time whether it's like during a workout or during a like a commute to be able to tap into something where I feel like I've come away with so much knowledge or even just a good laugh it yeah. means a lot so I think it's a medium that's growing and yeah, so I think it's awesome that there's so many more out there now. Yeah, I agree. I think it's kind of cool that people are starting to branch into it from other platforms as well. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the times people kind of have like their niche and then that's all you know about them. And so for me, like that was just makeup. Yeah. And so I'm like, all I talk about is makeup all day yeah. long. And it just gets to a point where I'm like, I do I do have other opinions. <laughs> I have a life. Things. I have other. Yeah, you know. I was kind of in that same realm where I was lifestyle in a sense and then I went into like this weight loss thing and I had this like gut feeling that that's not where I wanted to be long term because I was like one it's not very relatable in the long term like weight loss is such a it was a moment in a, in a season but I, I couldn't keep focusing on that because it kept being like almost an obsession like I could be obsessed with makeup for 25 years I probably shouldn't be obsessed with weight loss the same way yeah. so I had to really diversify who I was and making sure that I was tapping into like different things along the way and so I'm really glad that I did that but it scared me it scared me when I like pivoted away from it and going yeah. into different places and even going into different mediums in which you share your story because you kind of get used to like I'm comfy on Instagram Instagram yeah. is like kind of my wheelhouse so once you go into like yeah different platforms why I'm like stayed away from YouTube because I'm like I don't know like it's it, tricky yeah it's tricky so I'm wondering actually how you got started like how did you get into kind of because your platform is so like all about body positivity mm -hmm. all about kind of like realism and stuff like that on social media which is like not often seen so how did you sort of get into that side of things like how did you your content become that I think 
I had seen it. Like, obviously, I'm not one of the front runners when it comes to the body positive movement or even the body confident movement or, you know, the inclusivities that people are starting to ask for. But they were kind of in the background of when I was going through weight loss and I couldn't listen to them because they were, you know, telling me that I was okay in my body and I was trying to hate my body into like a different size where I would find happiness. Yeah. And through that whole journey and coming from being 225 pounds down to 114 pounds when my life was like at its lowest, I was going through a divorce, I was working multiple jobs, I was a single mom of three and just like at a high stress point and 114 pounds, like I'm 5'8", so that's like very small for my body frame. Yeah. Um, people were just like, oh my gosh, she looks so amazing. <laughs> and at the same <laughs> so time, I was like, and it was like, oh, you have an eating disorder. And it was like, all of this stuff was kind of being thrown at me, just opinions about my body. And I and I started to realize like, oh my gosh, I've created this. I created this like standard in which like my body was meant to perform for this world. And so coming through that, all of a sudden this body positive community became like a lifeline for me. They became like the cozy blanket that I needed to kind of de-stress and tell me that I was going to be okay, especially in that stage where I had to regain some of that weight. And I had to healthily step back into a, a better lifestyle that wasn't so weight centric. And uh, I was dealing with a, a lot of fat phobia, which I didn't even get into the roots of how wrong that was. Yeah. And so I just kind of went through the season of being educated. And because my whole platform has always been a bit journalistic to my life it did journey through divorce it journeyed through you know recognizing that I had some disordered eating even though I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder it walked me through um finding love again and getting married and blending a family and all through all of that started kind of I don't know it was just in me that the more vulnerable I was the more I was freeing a lot of these secrets and shames that I was feeling about my body yeah I walked around feeling like you know, I had to be the Instagram perfect. And that's how you found, you know, acceptance and love in this world. And the I kind of shed that. I shed that whole cloak of shame. And the more that I showed up being vulnerable and terrified doing it, the more I felt better. And my mental health was improving. And I just slowly and surely just started to really just tap into my own awareness around all different things. And, and it's it's been just such a lovely journey. So I've had obviously the benefit of a lot of different people giving me microphones and platforms and sharing that story along with it. Like I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for women before me who are just, you know, killing it in whatever they're doing and saying like, oh, you have a really cool story to share. I'd love to share it too. So yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy few years. I mean, I started blogging like 10 years ago and just as like a mom blogger and I didn't really ever find my peace and my happiness and that I kept thinking I definitely had like destination addiction like if there was if I just do this that'll make me happy if I just do this it'll make me happy and kept going like this like I don't know the epitome of madness like going through the same thing over and over and over like expecting a different result Mm -hmm. but um yeah so that's kind of where we landed now and I just like to be bold and real and have a lot of conversations about stuff and you know I still love makeup and cute clothes like a lot of people do and I also know that that's not where our worth lies and a lot of who we are is so much more than these superficial things about us they're they're interesting but they're the least interesting parts of us (laughs) yeah that's a good way to put it so if you're comfortable uh talking 
talking about it. Yeah. What um, I kind of want to go back because I'm so interested. I I kind of dealt when I was in Toronto. I just I was like really connecting with you because I dealt with this thing where I I started to really question like okay should I eat today? Mm-hmm. Should I like w- like I was having a lot of food anxiety mm-hmm. and I did I also got to like a pretty lo- like low weight for my my body height and when people would say like wow you're looking so good or they would give me like the extra stare it it reinforced that um that behavior that I was engaging in which was like literally just trying not to eat yeah so I was wondering when you you said you went from 225 pounds to 114 Mm -hmm. pounds what was kind of like going through your head throughout those stages because for me I I went from I think I think I was 145 and I went to 102 or something like that and throughout it was like such a different thing in my brain it was like okay like I'm feeling good about myself I'm feeling Mm -hmm. positive I'm feeling strong and then at some point the inner dialogue went from that to like okay how can I restrict like how can I do this right like how can you push it further yeah exactly so I'm just wondering if you had like a similar journey yeah I think that's kind of the difference between like a health journey and diet culture and how they can kind of I don't know they can get really confusing because when diet culture is the one that tells you just push it a little bit more just restrict yourself tell yourself you're stronger than that like have a cheat day but then go back to normal like all of these different you know there's good foods and there's bad foods and they demonize things and they glorify thinness and there's a lot of before and after photos definitely was a part of that Um, there's a lot of this glorification of weight loss so it kind of takes away from like what is healthy because we know that like skipping meals isn't necessarily healthy but of course when we're being taught that like restriction is the way to success there it's really difficult so I went from zero restriction to I tracked every single meal I tracked my exercises I didn't have more than 1200 calories a day and I didn't wow. eat back those calories at all. So yes, I lost weight because I was living insanely restrictively. And I had every justification in the book for why that was a healthy lifestyle because I didn't know that that was potentially unhealthy as well, that that wasn't actually tapping into the full spectrum of what a balance could be for somebody's life. So, you know, all of those things, like even I was testing it the other day to see like if I put my information into like a – like. A fitness pal type thing um what would it say that i need to do a day and it says i should be eating 1200 calories if you go and look on any yeah. medical journal or diary or anything it says that you should be eating between like 1500 to 1800 but yeah. also i don't count so if i eat 2500 in a day that's like really not anybody's business and the more that we start to grasp it like health looks really different there can be somebody who just because they're thin identifying they could be living very unhealthily and just because somebody carries a lot of fat on their body doesn't mean that they're unhealthy either we need to stop like demonizing bodies of different sizes and different shapes and start to celebrate the fact that we really do look different in different like beauty is actually so much more diverse than we've ever really tapped into so when we're looking at it on this like grander spectrum of course we're feeling like okay restriction brings us success because restriction means weight loss and weight loss means happiness and happiness is like in my body Mm. But you get to that point, like I was a size zero and I still didn't feel it. So that's where the gutting process kind of happens. That's where you kind of step back and you go, wait a second, this is not what I was sold. I was told that if I get down to a certain size and a certain shape, then I'm going to be okay. So why the F am I not? And why am I still face tuning my body? Why am I still buying into these notions of like never quite being enough? And it's kind of like exhaustion that rooted a lot of that because I don't know, like you're, you're, a lot of mine, like I didn't mean to under eat, but like through a stress thing, I stress under eat. I couldn't even stomach it. 
also working a ton and I was a bar server. So you're hustling on your feet. I was definitely overexerting my body and under eating. So yeah, my body was 114 pounds. So hearing congratulations for that, like well-intended or not, really reinforced this idea that if I really work out hard and I don't eat very much, people like me. Yeah. But I didn't like me. I was still dealing with a lot of that shame. So I think there's a lot of like misinformation and a lot of like, let's be realistic. Diet culture makes a lot of money by making you feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. If they can make you feel badly about yourself, then they get to bank on that. So the more you become aware to who's making money when I feel like shit about myself, Mm -hmm. that's when we can kind of like take a step back and say, okay, wait a second. What is actually healthy for me? What is my balance? I've realized now that it means more to me to enjoy pizza with my family on a Friday night and have a glass of wine with my husband than it does to count that and feel like I have to go and spend two hours away from them to work it off or whatever it is that that looks like. Restriction is I think it's key learning tool for a lot of people when they're dealing especially with certain you know, issues around food or food addiction and things like that. But I think it should be guided probably by a little bit more of a healthcare, like somebody, I don't even know who that is. I wish I found one, but somebody who can actually walk you through what your body needs and like pull away from this notion of just eat less and just work out more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be successful. Well, and I had taken actually, I took a nutrition course recently. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of the um, instructors for that course uh, is this lady who she basically goes up against um, conglomerates that do food advertising. And just in that whole unit, she was just talking about the fact that she was like, no one, no one makes money off people being healthy. No one makes money off people actually eating properly, eating what they should be eating kind of thing, eating enough, all that kind of stuff. Like they make money off, you know making people scared that they're not the body they should be yes they're not the weight they should be all that kind of stuff and and that's that's where the money is so that's where of course. the media will lie and if you're and if you get to a point where you're like i'm finished this season of my life i'm no longer seeking weight loss there is next to nothing when it comes to information on how to stop dieting yeah. there is not a lot of support there because there's not a lot of money there so yeah you're right like there isn't a lot that's going to support you exiting out of diet culture or that season of weight loss whatever that looked like and and that can be really difficult too because now you're at the end and you're like okay I realize that there's been some unhealthy habits that have been formed I need to kind of educate myself on coming out of that and I don't know what that looks like and I have a lot of fear around that like how do I exit this whole you know theory that you know our bodies are our worth and so I think that that's kind of a I don't know where that will come from but I hope that that's something that comes out in the next few years where we start to see more of that where we we give a little bit more support and education around people who are who are done kind of living an extremely restrictive lifestyle and want to kind of find their own personal balance or they just want freedom in their body like whatever that is yeah and I feel like for me my relationship with food has always been like from one extreme to the next kind of thing Mm -hmm. like either I'm like binge eating because I'm like well fuck it I'm never gonna have the body I want anyway so I'm just going to eat whatever I want then And then I feel like ashamed and shitty about that. So I'm like, okay, now I'm going to be as restrictive as I possibly can be. I'm only eating whole foods. I'm only eating like this. I'm not eating anything processed. Like, and I try to go so far in that direction, which obviously always fails because no one can keep up that lifestyle. And no one should keep up that lifestyle of, of being that restrictive where you can't. 
Of course. And there's a, there's quite a few like eating disorders that aren't always identified. Like binge eating is actually an eating disorder, but people don't always see it because, you know, they look it looks differently. It, it appears on so many different scales of body. So you can't just assume that binge eating applies to somebody that lives in a fatter body. You also can't assume that somebody who is thin has an eating disorder either. We can't like look at those things. The same with the, there's orthorexia, which is like that over obsession yeah. with like restrictive living and lifestyle and so there's those two everyone focuses on um you know anorexia and bulimia because we can see it on a very frail thin body but it doesn't always look like that which is why a lot of these are so hidden and it almost falls on us to self-identify that there's this is going on and treat it as just as severely as the other ones like they do take like counseling and working through those things with somebody who you know is in nutrition or is in mental health that can kind of help you through that because it's not easy yeah and it's confusing I think I don't know there's like so much information there's you know there's intuitive eating and then there's like the talk about binge eating and you're like I don't know what I'm supposed to do if I'm intuitively eating doesn't that mean I'm just like eating the whole cupboard like Like, that's my intuition (laughs) I don't know what that looks like for me yeah it's crazy what do you think the like uh realization moment was for you when you were like this isn't okay like was there a specific moment or was it just within a week or a month or yeah I don't know I think definitely coming through that season where I was very thin and recognizing how much people celebrated that for me um and just like the commentating on my body as in in general and how much I thought that as well like I was creating this constant comparison to other people's bodies like I'd walk into a room and like look at what everyone's eating I knew the calories in every single food there was just a lot that I was just slowly tapping into but it took a lot of action in the sense that I had to start being very aware of what I was intaking I was following a lot of like inspiration accounts when it came to weight loss and stuff like that and realizing that that wasn't a healthy message for me to be receiving anymore and also unfollowing accounts like I know everyone says this like unfollow accounts that make you feel like crap like they're mm. I cannot stress that enough like sometimes we can't even identify why they make us feel bad about ourselves but we need to lean into that we need to listen to the fact that this is making me feel bad about myself and it's time for me to unfollow push the pause button and address whatever that root issue is and start following people that really inspire a different kind of messaging I don't think I would have any of the wherewithal and thoughts about all of this if it weren't for you know, following some different messages, some different people. Some of them are doctors, some of them are nutritionists, some of them are, you know, naturopaths or just women that have come through a lot. I follow a lot in the plus size community because they have so much to say. And you realize more and more that like we glorify this like healthy lifestyle looking like this one thing and we realize it looks totally different for everyone and we can't assume that somebody who lives in a plus size body isn't still doing what we would consider healthy living it's just that their body is totally different and so I kind of started recognizing a lot of like my own issues around how much I glorified weight loss and stepping out of that and once I started listening to these different stories and these looking at different bodies and recognizing you know how diverse it all was I started just I don't know, you relax a little bit because you realize like, I don't have to fit into this mold to be beautiful. I can actually be okay having cellulite. I can actually be okay with the stretch marks that I got from, you know, childbearing and, you know, loose skin from weight loss and all of these different things that kind of are um, projected onto us as like shame factors. And, you know, everyone's going to deal with it a little bit differently. And I think it's important to remind everyone that however they choose their self-love journey is going to be incredibly personal for them. For some, it might mean, you know, going through a season of like not wanting to wear makeup anymore or like wanting to go more to like a 
quote unquote natural state, or maybe it means that they quit dieting, or maybe it means that they take a picture in a bikini on the beach. And maybe it means that they just like walk outside of their house in a full clothed outfit, whatever it is, they're tapping into it in their own way. And the journey looks so different. I think it's really unfortunate that even within all the body positivity, we still have this shame stick that we're shaking at women because they've had plastic surgery or because they've chosen something a little bit different or, you know, even right down to people will say to me like, oh, the only reason that you are okay with your body is because you have a pretty face. We start to like dismiss people and we dismiss their pain and we like if somebody is still thin identifying but they've come out of an eating disorder even if they have that one role and they've struggled so much to post that yes that might not be a relatable thing for us but it is so important for them so the more we honor the diversity in everybody's journeys and just really take a moment to honor that and not get into this like pain olympics type thing I love that saying (laughs) but like it's so true because we start to like well you don't know what it's like. My son was recently diagnosed with a learning disability and, you know, people slid into my DMs and being like, you know, he could have cancer. And I'm like, yeah, he could, but like, this is our pain right now. And like, this is what we're going through. And that's, I realize it's so important to just validate people in their pain, regardless of where that is, validate people in their body struggles, regardless of what that is, because we don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes. We don't know how much that one role could be really Um, you know, playing games with them or whatever it is, even if they have our dream body, they still have the right to their pain and to deal with it and feel validated in talking about it. So I don't know. I don't know if that fully answers your question. No, it did. And I think that that's such an important message because I used to get that all the time because I, 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 had the body that a lot of people wanted Mm -hmm. but I was struggling Mm -hmm. like at one point I my friends were telling me how concerned they were about me and that they were worried for me my mom was literally like crying zipping up my dress because I was like so frail and I literally had to say like I will never be skinny enough and so for them they were like this is crazy you're making us feel bad about ourselves it seems almost like a slap in the face and I'm like but it's not this is like this is what I'm struggling with and it wasn't that I was, you know, I thought that they were beautiful. I wanted to look like them, but inside of myself, it was, yeah. So I, I think that that's such an important message to say to people is that whatever your pain is, it, it matters. It does matter. And it's, and it's so easy to dismiss it. And I think it's also important if somebody were like, let's say you were sharing your story about your struggles and that kind of triggered something for them that made them feel less, then that's okay to kind of step away from like following that message too. But one thing I like to always, even when I'm talking about it, I like to reflect it onto my body. I'm no, I, you know, I want all women to understand that like all bodies are beautiful. And I think that we hear that, but do we truly grasp it? Are we actually tapping into it? Are we following women? of diverse bodies and colors and you know whatever their stories are are we willing to kind of tap into that beauty being so diverse and breaking out of this mold of you know what we set our standards to be for ourselves because we can't kind of when you're talking about yourself it's it's a little bit more of a reflection but when you start to talk in a way like we and or like we is a good thing but if we start to say like you then it starts to like kind of share that outward and I think that's what's difficult with a lot of like the diet culture type of messages and the body perfectionism is because it's like that you can do this and you should be doing this and like you will find this instead of it being a reflective journey so I don't know it's difficult like it's I think it's really important to again like just be really mindful of like what you're taking in and when you start to trigger into these bad feelings about yourself like recognize is it because they put that on me am I putting that on myself is it triggering something that I didn't expect like just kind of deep diving into like the layers of why we felt that way in the first place yeah and I think for me um 
because when I was growing on Instagram and stuff like that, Facetune. Oh, Kuma dog. Well, hello. <laughs> he said, "Mommy, you're speaking." When I um, started on Instagram, I, you know, everyone was really heavily editing, and so. I remember that like I had started editing my photos but more because like I wanted the colors to be bright and all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff and then I went to my first event down in LA and I was like oh oh wow like these people are so incredible like they're so beautiful they have the most amazing bodies like you know um they did have a, a lot of people did have like work done and stuff so they were so like ethereal to me and so perfect and and when I came home I was like wow I feel so bad about myself and I mm-hmm. feel like I should be you know portraying a very different look and and so I got so into editing my own body and I felt like I was never going to feel more confident by not editing like the only thing that was gonna make me feel confident was editing and editing and editing more um and actually I feel like that just made me feel so much more out of control and when I stopped when I decided to stop editing my body like very recently Mm -hmm. that was what made me feel better that was what made me Mm -hmm. feel like okay now nobody else has the power nobody else can you know post some photo they took of me at the mall and I'll be embarrassed about it because you're like comparing it to this edited photo of me yeah I have the power now because I'm releasing the photos of my body as is. Exactly. And I think that even like when I look back on some of the pictures of myself before, I don't even know if they're real or not. I can't even, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I was that size or if I edited it. Like I actually don't remember. Like you, you really become skewed. And so of course we're not going to find self-love in our own reflection. If what we've created is this curated version of ourselves in an online thing that's getting praised because at the end of the day, and this is like so important, we have to root where it is that we're wanting that acceptance from and a lot of it comes down from like these deep-seated issues like for me a lot of it came from like what I'm going to identify as more like porn culture of like this these women who are you know completely perfect quote-unquote like their butts are bleached and you know their boobs are perky and they have like very very small waistlines and it is their job to like look this way and so men really tap into like that's what is attractive like that is what the standard is for women and so what then they do is they start to like project that out that that's what they want that's what is it they're looking for and what happens to all of us is first of all that's oppressing our bodies to be something that potentially we're not and then it's also taking that layer of intimacy away from us women are ashamed of their bodies we're wearing t-shirts in the bedroom like I can't express like I was 114 pounds and I couldn't even take my shirt off in front of like my now husband like it was very it was too difficult. It was very vulnerable for me because all I could think about was I don't look like that. So I not only did I strip the intimacy moments away from him, I did it for myself. And that's the most important thing was that I, I ruined so much of like these beautiful memories and moments that I could have had, these beach days with my children, these memories, like these glasses of wine with my husband on dates, like all of these intimate moments that we shared together. And all I could think about was how my stomach was hanging because it might not have looked like what it did in the videos online yeah and so the more we kind of recognize that there's a lot of misguided things that have happened in society and we're we're really just 
starting to change. And even recognizing that in like history, it's changed a million times. Like the Mm. standard of what that mold is that women are supposed to be has changed a million times. But men don't have one. They don't have one. They're allowed to do whatever they want. We celebrate a dad body on like anybody. (laughs) And guys get away with like a great personality and women are, you know, starving themselves and, you know, hitting the gym three times a day and weighing themselves like morning and night trying to get to this mold, trying to be this person and then comparing themselves with all the women that seem like they have it all together. And let's be real. There are some people that are that beautiful. There are some people that don't have freaking pores. I swear to goodness. Like (laughs) there are those humans. But, you know, if that's not you, that doesn't mean you're not beautiful and doesn't mean you're not worthy of those intimate moments and it doesn't mean that just because your body jiggles a certain way that you're not deserving of those moments and memories just like they are we don't have to like tear them down but we also don't need to feel like we have to bring ourselves down because we're not on their level or we're not welcome at the table with them like we are and I think that that's I don't know. It's really, it's something I've tapped into and it kind of makes you angry because in a good way, like it makes you motivated (laughs) because you're just like, no man is going to like say that about my body. Like I'm not going to like, nope, you get me how you are and you're damn lucky to see me if you get to see me. And like, I'm on this beach because we're making memories today and like (laughs) screw your standards and da da da. And you kind of get like a little feisty about it and you take it back. And it's such a powerful thing when you, when you make that shift. And I feel like my husband's watched like this full swing of like 30 or 40 pounds of weight change in me and like he's never commented like he's never done it and it used to frustrate me because I'm like can you stop the bullshit of like just always telling me I look nice but he's like that's just not what's important and he always will say it when I'm like in sweats and like no makeup and that's like grummy and he'll be like you are the most beautiful woman in the world and I'll be like can you not like I try (laughs) so hard like I get so annoyed but then I realized how important that was that he never did that he he honestly honored the fact that I couldn't let him touch my stomach for years and then there was like this day one time where he was I make him like spoon me at bedtime because I like to be cuddled (laughs) And he put his arm accidentally on my stomach once. And he knew that was like a no touch zone that I was like, do not touch my stomach. And he put his hand on my stomach and it was a moment that I was like, I'm actually okay. So I, he would like kind of jolted, like jolted away, like, oh, kind of sorry. And I took his hand and I put it back and we didn't say anything. But we just like, I (laughs) know I'm getting, I even, every time I think about it and I just like put it there and I was like, this is okay. Like, we're okay. And like, I deserve this. I deserve to be held. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm crying too. We're all crying. So sorry. <laughs> Kuma's coming over to help. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, this tapping into why did we do this to ourselves? Why did yeah. we, why did we put ourselves in this mold that made us feel so undeserving to be loved? And why did we assume that men expected this? Why, why did I tell myself a million times that my, my husband who is meant to love me through thick and thin put this expectation on me when he never did why do I watch his body change and I don't love him any less yeah so why do I do that to myself and yeah just we we so deserve that we so deserve the moments we so deserve the memories and I think that the more that we realize that the more we can kind of you know just like take a break from it all like let's still do all the things and live the healthy lifestyle but at the end of the day like whether you uh, you know recently I've gained weight because of a, a hormonal disruption and I was like so what like that's totally okay this is no longer problematic it's just symptomatic yeah and it's fine like my worth didn't change this time and it's the first time that I was like huh I'm okay yeah, yeah that's huge too just buying a different pant size yeah 
Yeah. And elastic pants a lot because they're really comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Lululemon really comes through for me. Oh, <laughs> three years strong. I've gone like a full swing of like 30, 40 pounds and I'm still wearing the same pair of Lulus. And I was like, God bless. Like, yeah. thank you. I wish there was more. I was joking about this yesterday, but you know, you watch all those like try on videos that people do on Instagram now. And I was like, can someone just do this of like straight loungewear? Like, yeah. can you just be like, these ones have the best stretch. And when you sit down, they do this to your stomach. And it is so great that they don't cut in here. And yeah. oh, I just wish that was a thing. Yeah. somebody's got to do it I'm putting it out there in the world to manifest <laughs> yeah I was thinking while you were talking about um that very sad story that made me cry um I was watching this video recently uh that was about women postpartum mm-hmm. and this one woman was talking about how she was like you know I, I took 30 years to get to a point where I was like okay with my body and I was like okay I accept this this is what it is kind of thing and then she was like and then I had a child and I had a new body And to me, like, that was, like, so devastating to hear because I was like, wow, I I really have spent my entire life, really, as a woman feeling like I'm not going to wear a bikini until my body looks like this. And Mm -hmm. then I'll really enjoy my vacations and whatever. And I really do, like, I let, it's, it's, the whole time you're talking, I was like, wow, like, I really am not living my life fully because I'm so concerned about how my body looks. And even um, Alyssa and I have, like, picked up doing yoga together recently. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's it's fucking hot in there. <laughs> oh, are you I'm doing like, hot yoga? Yeah, oh, I've done it once. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're dying in there. And it's like, but I'm so embarrassed. I, I get to a point where it's like, I'm so embarrassed to be in less clothing because mm-hmm. I don't want people to look at my body, even though I'm like, no one's, no one's looking at my body because we're all just focused on not passing out. Yeah. And like, yeah, you know, it's there. like, it doesn't matter. Like no one cares. No one actually cares except for me, but I'm putting myself through pain. I'm putting myself through the heat of a hot yoga class. Yes. I'm putting myself through not enjoying my life as much because for, for what? Like, I like know. And even if someone did think poorly about me. We don't want them. I'm, well, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna know. Like you might look at me and be like, oh, you're a little, little chubby. And then I wouldn't know the difference. Like you would walk on with your life and you'd but forget But you also about me. would never want them in your life. Like yeah, that is yeah. not somebody yeah. you would ever want in your circle. And when you recognize people who are judgmental of bodies, like in that regard, you're like, wow, I just, you really don't deserve this. Like you don't deserve to see my body. So that's like, yeah. And it's hard like in terms of like the postpartum journey and stuff as well. I think what happens is a lot of women, they come through it and then they think, Okay, well, if I could just get back to what I where was. I was. But the question to ask is, were you happy then? Were yeah. you happy in your body in that moment? Because if we're all constantly chasing this past moment that we think we were happy, I don't think it ever existed. And no. I, it, it's really hard to understand. Like, it's weird now being at you know, where I am, you know, postpartum, my kid's like about 13 now. So like, we're really deep into (laughs) the postpartum. postpartum. (laughs) We're very much there. And um, it's just taken me now, like just in the last couple of years. And I'm like, okay, like, okay with my body. And part of me is very sad that I didn't get to experience loving my body through postpartum at a bigger weight. Part of me is really sad that like, I missed out on like connecting with her. And then part of me is really sad that like, I lost all this weight and I went down to this very frail size and she was struggling with so much. I'm really sad that like she didn't get the chance to like love herself either. And, you know, if we constantly are looking to go back to something, but we recognize there is no back and there is no time that we really were truly happy in our bodies, though we can kind of just move forward and just say, you know what, Let if we just honestly honor every single day and honor ourselves, like even if your body does release weight, I like, that's like my new term. I don't want to talk about weight loss anymore, but like <laughs> releasing of weight, like if you're living a lifestyle 
out and your body releases weight or your hormones shift a little bit or something's going on. Like for me, a big root of like issue is stress. So let's say I'm really dealing well with de-stressing and my body releases weight. I'm no longer going to like look at that as a success point. I'm just going to be like, okay, this is the pant size we're wearing now. It literally doesn't matter. Like there's so much that doesn't matter in that. But I think it is important for women who are struggling, especially um, in inclusivity, is just recognizing how important it is to make sure that we start to um, push on a little bit more, that we stop dividing the sizes and we stop kind of like, it's it's such a long road and I'm really just learning about it, but I didn't realize how much shame was introduced when women had to step on the other side of the store because that that's where their sizes was, that they were put into like yeah. a different category. Yeah. I've never thought about that. That's so true. Oh, but I lived it. And it's so weird because like I used to, shop in the plus size store so then when you go into like regular size um like I'm quoting in the air because it's bullshit um <laughs> but when you get into that all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh I no longer have to shop in that section of the store yeah and you realize like how sad that is that like we really should if we really want to honor bodies and we really want to celebrate all of them like we need to get rid of like that whole conversation between like plus size and not and like really changing that stuff even like in kids clothes it's starting to change and it's like if you don't think that there is like monumental stuff happening in the world go walk past like I think it's justice that has it but you go walk past and the mannequins in the front now are like short and tall and skinny and like thicker and they have all of these different body shapes now on their mannequins and I was like thank you oh like, yeah that's awesome thank you because even my own kids like my 13 year old she's very thin she's like sorry Maya if you ever listen to this she's the (laughs) least healthy in our household like for sure the kid just eats like salt and vinegar like chips and (laughs) she's like it's like her I literally go into her room probably once a week and have to like clear out the room of like salt and vinegar chip bags (laughs) I'm like how are you like where is the protein in your life like I I don't know like when I eat with such intention so it's like so confusing and I have to like I have to pay attention especially with this hormone disruption I have to pay attention like how much fats I'm getting into my body and stuff and I'm looking at her. I'm like, how the heck? You're just like so small. And she's eating like French fries and chips. And I took her to the doctor and I was like, well, for her checkup. And I said like, so her diet's like a little bit different. I just (laughs) said like, she just eats a lot of carbs. I just was wondering if we could do like a full body, like just make sure everything's functioning well. Like looking at the doctor, like, can you tell her to eat some vegetables? (laughs) Um, And she's just like she does all the things with her and she's like she's looking really great she's doing really well and I was like really can we not like (laughs) I just need her to eat some broccoli but then my middle daughter um she is almost built a little I don't even want to identify it as this but like a little bit more of a rugby style body she is like like stronger shoulders wider hips she's very much like very athletic looking her body is also going through a very prepubescent she's blossoming in a lot of ways and she got called fat at school and suddenly she's looking at me and she goes I can't go to swim like they have swim class that's happening she goes I can't have what happened last year when they called me fat and they did this and like I've sat and I've held my daughter who's sobbing in my arms and it goes like so triggering it just brings you right back to childhood and like how hard that is and like all these different traumas but I'm like here I am with two daughters I have a son too that doesn't really give a crap about anything he eats ramen like all day long um (laughs) He's such a ham. I love him. Such I love ham. watching him. On your Did you story. see him like singing Whitney Houston in the yeah. rain the other day? <laughs> so funny. He's so funny. Um, but yeah, like the the girls, they're so different in their bodies, and they're so different in the way that they live and eat. And and you know, if I'm looking at it like objectively, if I was you know to call myself a nutritionist for half a second, the one who carries a thicker body, she's the one who eats a, you know a more variety of foods and colors and vegetables and all these different things. She has a little bit more of a well roundedness to what she does, which is why I think 
think it's so important that we don't reflect size as health because I'm watching it happen with my own kids. And and I also listen to my daughter say like, why is Maya like eating whatever she wants and she's like so skinny? And I'm like, how yeah. did we, how did diet culture knock on my door and break in? Yeah. Because it happened at school, because it happened there. And that's when it became really important to me that we started having different conversations at home. I we don't have scales. We do not talk about our bodies in a negative light. I snap them out of it as fastly as I can. But we also like validate those feelings and we work through them a little bit too. And we have conversations around like, sometimes I'll just like see somebody's body that I know my daughter will identify with a little bit more. And I'll be like, oh my, like I won't even say anything. I won't even be like, look it, she's chubby and she's beautiful. Like, no, this girl's beautiful. We don't even need to put that word in front of it. Same with like after somebody's had a baby, you don't mean to be like, oh my gosh, you look great for having six kids. My sister hears that all the time. Like, no, she looks great. Let's end yeah. the sentence there. They yeah. are beautiful right as they are. Maya and Gemma, they are both beautiful. They are so individual in the way that they live. Their lifestyles are obviously very different, um, but they're both beautiful. We need to end the sentence of like, just because. Well, often like if I find somebody, because my middle is not of age on social media yet, if I see something, I'll be like, oh my gosh, Gosh, this woman is like rocking it like look at this girl she looks incredible and like my they're all like they look at me and they're like is there an inspirational speech coming like, <laughs> is this what's gonna happen and let again? me segue into the fact that you're also beautiful you are so beautiful right now yeah like I've really had to start creating their own mindfulness because I'm like trying to veer them away from a lot of the traumas I think that a lot of us had as kids like yeah. I remember joining a gym when I was like 14 and them pinching all the inches of fat on my body to measure how much I needed to lose I was 14 yeah you know, like, it, and it happens and it, and it's so sneaky and it gets in there and it gets them when they're young and they hear it at home and then they, they put it on to somebody else. So the more that we can change ourselves, the more that we can stop looking in the mirror and saying, do I look fat in this? The kids hear that. They yeah. hear that. So they start to kind of create that as well. Same with when we're having conversations of our bodies online. If we're like, I'm looking real like flubby today and something like that if somebody else has a body that identifies with yours and they hear that you're saying it looks bad your before picture like identifies with somebody's like dream after like we have to be so careful about what that could trigger and what that could mean when we're being like I used to live a disgusting life and I had a disgusting <laughs> yeah. body and you you don't think that's real but you you go and you look at it and that's what people are communicating and so of course yeah. we've set these standards on our bodies and of course our daughters are struggling and being called fat at school because they're hearing it at home well, and it is it is crazy how young it really does start now. Like, I feel like it is almost an inevitability, which is really quite sad because I feel like even if you are implementing, you know, these healthier habits and healthier conversations in your house, it's like you can't control what's happening out there because there is so much of that, you know, mm -hmm. pain and there's so much of that misrepresentation and, and lack of inclusivity and all of these kinds of things. And and it's just leading to this happening younger and younger and younger. And and when you when you start that habit so young, it makes it even harder to break. And they're coming into a totally different world than we did. Like I came in to social media in my 20s. Yeah. So it wasn't the same as like, oh, you turn 12 and you get Instagram. Like yeah. that's not really the same conversation anymore. So they're immediately coming into that. So I think a, a big part of it, like when we talk about internet safety, we're always worried about like a predator coming and like taking our children away from us and or preying on them and in like a sexual sense or anything like that but we're like actually the like the bigger vulture here is diet culture the bigger vulture here is like this idealistic bodies that they feel like they have to have or like the certain look that they feel like they need to achieve and and kind of just really pushing for them to like have awareness around what they're doing what they're following my oldest is on social media and it's funny because 
you would think it'd be so scary, but it's been a really positive experience for us because she is really into cosplay and she didn't know anybody who would do that. Mm -hmm. So for her, she tapped into a community. So the more that we can put social media is there as a tool to connect you with people outside of your realm, outside of your bubble. If you live in Timbuktu or whether you're like a really urban city, when I was a single mom, like I needed to find that community I didn't have around me. I needed like, you need to find people. So the more that we understand that like social media can be such an empowering tool, also be like a cool escape or it could be like an inspiration but to kind of set those standards in those that conversation in our kids so that when they come into it they're like okay like how can I use this to benefit my life not suck me dry to my bones and make me feel like crap yeah and it's so true <laughs> it really does I mean it still happens to us but yeah it's just harder for them yeah but I, I think that that's so amazing that you are able to do that for your kids I remember when I was growing up I didn't have a lot of um, body image issues until I started hearing my mom and actually my grandma as well mm-hmm. talk about their weight. Mm-hmm. And and it, it was it was pretty constant, I feel, um, especially with my mom. Like she struggled a lot with her body and stuff like that. I heard her constantly talk about it. And when she was with my dad, my dad would talk down about her weight as mm-hmm. well. Mm. And um, he would he would grab my leg chunk and stuff like that. Like the parents have such an impact on the way that kids view their body. And I think that it's just recently that they're starting to notice Mm -hmm. because my mom came to me finally at one point when I started to get a little bit healthier. And she was like, you know, I think that I I, I need to stop talking this way about my body because you hear this. And she still has to say it to my grandma because it's such a... um, it's it's such a long it's been in society for so long that women it's almost like if you say it people can't hurt you with it yeah so it's like oh you know what i mean like oh i'm just i'm not like i'm feeling kind of chubby today then nobody can attack me with that because i already said it is is just how i feel like potentially yeah right like how she was they were feeling my mom when i was growing up dealt with a weight a lot but she also dealt with a lot of like trauma in her lifetime so her weight was very reflective of a lot of deeper issues um to this she's recently lost like 160 pounds and um it's still it's so funny watching her go through this huge transformation And I'm still like, this is not what I remember you for. Like, this is not, like, I don't look at my childhood differently. I don't look at her differently now. She doesn't have any more weight or like her, her worth is no different in my life. Like she's just who she's always been. She's always been mom. And my sister um, is a 10 year, she was a 10 year um, sufferer of eating disorders with anorexic and bulimia and now is a mother of six. And, you know, so I grew up in an environment of body issues. Um, And I wasn't exempt from it, and I thought I was. So when I went through weight loss, I was so insensitive to it because I was so focused on like, this is just healthy and this is what's great for me. And I didn't realize how much the guilt and shame that I potentially could be inducing on my mom. And I also didn't recognize how dangerous that was for me to be talking about calories and things like that around my sister who was in recovery. And I think that sometimes, um, even in, even in my own community online, like I like to remind people, like when we're talking about weight, we do need to understand this is like a massive trigger for a lot of people. And if we're going to create community around like a body positive discussion, um, it can be really important to recognize that we have to be really safe in how we're doing that and protect those who are privately dealing with some major things. Like I don't, I can't imagine, I know I've dealt with like some food addiction and some binge eating stuff in the past, but I can't imagine what it's like to try and exist where like, you know, alcoholics, you, you quit, you give up the alcohol. It's a struggle, but you give it up. 
food you have to re- you have to exist with you have to eat it every day so it's like your every day is this struggle with food and it's a struggle with the mirror and it's a struggle with your body so imagine going to work on a monday and everyone at your cooler is doing this new diet bet or they're doing this new challenge or you know you go to your mom's house and she's talking about the latest diet she's on imagine going and just hanging out with your friends and they're commenting about like how they need to get skinny for this or you know how they have a wedding coming up or a vacation that they need to diet for we do it and we've normalized it a million times over and i can't express enough how much i've been a part of that and how much I recognize it's um, damaging effects now because as I've been trying to like get away from it you start to notice it everywhere you get triggered all the time so I think it's been um, really important for me as we talk about a lot of these things to recognize how important it is to it's not only about us it's about who's listening whether they're little ears or whether they're older ears or whether it's just those people at work and just you know protecting them more than we think we realize that we need to do because it seems so natural and so normal to talk about what diet you're doing or how many calories are in a food like if you're looking at something oh my gosh it's only 140 calories why are we yeah, saying that yeah. why is that a thing like when we start doing that it's like oh now it's a good food is that make it good like an avocado is like 400 calories do we need to talk about that too like do we need to really break it down to these different levels and so um yeah really recognizing kind of our language and our normalization around how much we've talked about diet and body over the years has been yeah, really, really mind-blowing. Yeah. I have a question. Okay. Um, I'm curious. Do you feel like the content you create is more for yourself or more for others? Originally, it was for myself. Originally, it was, and it was terrifying because I knew there's, I think there's part of us that always wants to be accepted. I talked to my friend Kenzie about this and she explained it in the sense that, you know, we always want to say that we don't care. Like we're getting to this point where we don't care what people think, but she's like, if we look at it, like we wear pants with belts because it makes our waist look thinner and we do certain things. We will put on makeup because we want to like appear well and different things. She's like, but that is in like our core being. Like at the beginning of time, people were in tribes and if you weren't in a tribe, you died. So there's something ingrained in us that wants to be attractive we want to be accepted I don't think that it's purposeful to kind of go to a place where where we're just like I don't care about being accepted anymore like we do and I think that that's important to like acknowledge that it's okay to care a little bit but for me like I was really deep down in this like I want to just be accepted so hard you know like I grew up in a bigger body I was always just kind of like the bigger friend I was always that so then suddenly coming into this space where I'm like how am I going to like not not my friends all had babies and didn't even have stretch marks or I thought I was completely alone in this so I'm like I just need to free myself from this and I just need to I don't know I think I realized how damaging my own um conversations were on social media for myself like you were saying like how when you look back on like your old pictures like you realize it was harder for you than it was like anybody else like when you edit your photos it was more damaging to yourself so it kind of was like this I quit feeling like I quit I'm tired and I'm done I what happened though from that was even if I wish I still shared it very like curated and then I was like I would show it in an angle that I felt like was flattering enough to show my stretch marks or whatever and then um when I was asked to model for Nick's wear uh like this underwear company in Toronto 
they had the control. They were taking the pictures. And the photographer, I remember thinking, she's a foot shorter than me. She's coming at a low angle. And they're creating shadows. <laughs> we get and a like slightly taller photographer? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, no. Do you not know that we go above our heads when we take pictures? Like, oh. I was stressing because I was like, this is going to be really hard. But they were, they were, had the power. They had the power to put them out there. So it was no longer me posting. It was them posting of my body. And I wasn't even tagged in the the ad photos that they did. Um but they put it out there and I got to kind of read the responses objectively. So it wasn't like they were talking to me. They were actually talking to the company and what they th- felt with this image. And the response was, I've never seen a body like this. I've never seen a body like mine. And I've never realized that there was other people who looked like this. And all of a sudden it kind of just like clicked something in me and went, okay, there's, it's more than just me healing myself. It's how do I make other women not feel so alone in their bodies? Like I have for all of these years, how do we start like, celebrating these little like differences and if we can if we can look at I did this like really really up close um photo of my stretch marks uh months ago but it was so intricately detailed and people were like holy crap it looks like art and I was like (laughs) yeah like isn't that isn't so weird how all of these things that we're so ashamed of suddenly become attractive and even in that photo shoot that day you know there was professional models there there was women of all different sizes and you realize that there was cellulite on all of their bodies and suddenly I wasn't attracted to the smooth skin I was attracted to the differences and I don't want to call them flaws or imperfections because that's what we've kind of labeled them over the years but they're not they're actually just different facets of what's beautiful mm-hmm. and I started to be really and, and it kind of changed who I was coming out of that like I started to realize like a lot of the women I was following like following I was less attracted to these perfectly curated women and I was really attracted to these like gritty real like moments that people were sharing and these like intimacies that they were sharing these really vulnerable things that suddenly made me feel like holy crap we have human connection here yeah and that I think was like so like in a big way it was for me first and then recognizing that I had a platform and an ability to speak and share and show and make a change like it's kind of hard when you don't feel like you're worthy of that or like what do I have to offer this world but um knowing that there the messages like when I was in the weight loss realm people would constantly be like you know I'm really struggling with my weight the message that I would get would always be like I'm really struggling with my weight or I'd be out for dinner with a friend and they'd be like oh like I'm just gonna like I just I'm gonna have a cheat day and I'm gonna have a burger like they're almost like apologizing to me as if I was judging them or their lifestyle and and then there were other people who just like what is your secret here like can you just tell me like did you take any pills like is there any this like can you tell me what program you're having can you give me your food diary of the day now my messages were, I just want to let you know that I went to the beach with my kids for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. Now the messages are, I just realized like the one, this one girl, it's my favorite message because she started with, to be honest, I thought you were full of crap. <laughs> I was like, okay, where is this going? And I saw it and I was like, do I even want to open this? And I opened it and she's just like, I've been like following you, but I followed you because I liked your dog. I didn't really care about everything you were talking about. And I was like, okay, fair enough. I do that too. Um, and then she continued and she said, but the other day I walked past the mirror and I realized I don't remember the last day that I hated that. And I was like, huh. And she's like, I, I realized that the only person that's been showing me that I'm okay in my body and that I, you know, that my reflection is, you know, safe and beautiful and worthy was you. She's like, so I thought it was bullshit. And here I am saying, you've actually changed my life. And so if we can kind of share our journeys in a way that even they're vulnerable and scary and hard and we still want that like approval and acceptance from the world, 
it's it's that human connection that actually does connect us and does bring us a, that acceptance and the fact that I've been able to push the envelope just a little bit or just be a part of something that changes the way that somebody thinks about themselves whether that's a selfish thing or not it's so lovely and I'm honestly it's just exciting it's it's lovely to leave the house now I don't know if you've ever, ever experienced this but like <laughs> leaving the house and like being in public you're just like am I going to look like what I look like online? Like, are people going to think differently of me when they see me in real life? Like, I started to have anxiety leaving the house. I don't have that anymore. I'm like, oh, well, like, everyone's seen me in my underwear at this point. So (laughs) what are we going to say? Like, what are we going to, like, you've literally seen me, like, half naked in my home, like, without makeup on and all these things. So why do I care if I'm, like, in sweats at the grocery store and I'm, like, not showing up like you expected me to? So... I don't know. It can be quite the experience when we start to change that whole perspective too. Yeah, it really, really can. Um, I think that I too, like I, I still feel like I struggle with, because I don't feel like I do post for other people. Like I post for myself to get that kind of muscle memory down where I say, okay, it's fine, whatever. And I almost have to not spend that much time looking at the photo before I post it. I kind of just have to be like, okay, I like this photo and I'll edit the colors and the lighting or whatever. And then I just have to post it and not think about yeah. it and just leave. Because, like, I I don't I don't want to spend too much time thinking about it and being like, uh. And, like, what you were saying about, you know, taking, like, a real photo but taking it from, like, a specific angle that's still yeah. going to look good. I'm, I'm so much in that right now, too, because I'm like, I still don't want people to see my body. Yeah. And you know what? They're, that's also OK. Like, that's also valid. It's also, you know, I think we still want to represent ourselves in the way that we feel the most confident. And it's OK to tap into that. Like, you know, same with the makeup. And like, I feel I love putting my makeup on in the morning. Like, it's a, it's a confidence booster. It's a self-care thing. I just don't feel worth, like unworthy when I take it off. Same with like when I look in the mirror and I angle my body in a way that like makes me feel bold and confident that might be the photo that I share but it doesn't make me unworthy when I sit down and it's all like all like I look like melted ice cream like that's totally (laughs) fine I love that description but it's very real um you know like I you just start to like recognize that you know we want to look our best and that's okay but it's also it's not like where our worth lies anymore and sometimes it's just like that's where and I think as artists and when you're creative there's something like I'm still such a stickler for having a pretty feed and I can't get away from that because I'm like that's the creator in me that's like the part of me that that's I'm so drawn to that and when I see other people's pages that's what draws me to that so I have an awareness around that and an understanding that I like the photos to look maybe challenging and thought or maybe this but I also just like a dang pretty photo and I also just like a good selfie sometimes and like who cares like why do we have to defend what we're putting out of our own bodies in a certain way and whether it's slightly more curated or not and I and I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to kind of you know shake a shame stick at people who are in that cycle of you know face tuning their bodies either because a lot of us have been there and we need to remember that they're at that stage of the journey and hopefully by us showing up in a different way maybe they start to understand that that's not so necessary and maybe they start to realize that you know there's love and acceptance in not doing it as well yeah well and I think it's interesting too because um I see all the time people get shamed for editing and they're like you know like you like smooth your skin so much you edit your body so much blah 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 and then if they post a photo that's unedited or if they're on their Instagram stories and they don't have a filter on or whatever the first thing people say is wow your skin looks really textured wow your skin looks really different like what and it's like people are pointing out all these things and it's like but that's what people look like so you know to to kind of slap their wrist when they do exactly what you were asking for yeah you can't win reinforces that 
them to just go back and do that because they're like well whatever I'd rather look absolutely perfect and have you complain about it than I know and I I like to use Jillian Harris as the example here because um you look at her feed and it's so friggin' perfect like how the fuck do you look that good all the time like seriously (laughs) you got your kids out the door in matching outfits like I don't even know that we my son's like nine and still doesn't put his shoes on the right feet like we're not there (laughs) I don't know what that's like like honestly I just I look at it but I'm it's so beautiful and so curated and she's worked so hard for like this aesthetic but then you watch her Instagram stories and it's like the texture it's like the real her and it's like not that the other parts aren't real it's just that that is like the representation of one side of her the creator side of her and then there's the representation of like the you know the grit and the background and you know her gray roots and her like on makeup face and like just like at home and her sweats and like showing all the behind the scenes of how much work actually goes into making these photos and how crazy the life really is so we have to honor and kind of look at both sides of it we can't just like look at someone like Jillian and be like oh my gosh you're so fake like everything you do is so fake (laughs) and then you're looking at her Instagram stories and you're like why aren't you like more curated like we can be both like we really can like if we think that we're not we're crazy because you friggin uh, yesterday I was like like in I don't know where I was in Vancouver but there's like a there's a wall it's like pink and it had all these inspirational words and I was like I'm gonna need my picture in front of this This is very Instagrammable (laughs) because it's like that's also real because I also love that kind of shit and like that's okay to like honor that as well or I follow a lot of travel people because like most of them go to Disney but um (laughs) I love that I love the escape from it too and like I know that the color wasn't that sky and I know that you probably were sweating your ass off and like I know that those things are real but let me have this little bit of an escape like even if I know this isn't reality and I know that your skin isn't that perfect and I know these things don't exist like their escapism like that I love as well that's more of a form of entertainment so we can't just like again shake the steam stick and be like can you stop being so fake about your life like no they're just it's a creator side of it right it's like almost like a painted reality where it's not quite the same as like all the textured background of stuff but it doesn't make it any less valid it's important to remember that photography is art yeah it's art. right at the end of the day makeup is art and um you wanting to share that art with other people is not um I, yeah i it, it's an art form i i feel you know it it's not like you need to be that type of person or go to these places it's just like you said it's nice to have that yeah. escapism i follow this um uh, travel couple that i actually knew in real life before they became a travel couple i didn't know <laughs> the girl but i knew the guy and um it's so beautiful to see who he was before and who he is online and who he is in his stories and it's for me it's all just different pieces and and like a different kind of piece of art and they're very open with the fact that they edit their photos like crazy they sell presets and stuff like that and but they do show the before and afters but it doesn't make your experience of that photo any 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 different I feel it's just like it was nice to look at that photo that way and I know that that's not real (laughs) It, it just kind of nice. brings the magic. I think when we look at like, especially bringing back to photography being an art, there is obviously something that connects a little bit more when there is a certain color tone or an experience or an emotion that gets drawn out when it is a little bit more artistic. It, it's not making it any more valid, but it is drawing something out emotionally in us that I think makes us enjoy it a little bit more. And I think from an artistic standpoint, that's where a lot of people come from. Like I use presets on all my photos. Like I, I created them, I sell them, I don't even care. I definitely show both sides of it as well. But like, that's the artistic side of me that's a creator in me I love having this aesthetic that makes me feel like my proper emotion is being transcended and my artwork is being transcended in a way that makes me you know enjoy it the most and I hope Mm -hmm. that others do as well yeah yeah Yeah, I think recept yeah receiving the message is is it just well yeah is just as important as like giving a good message 
Yeah. yeah. And I think there's some people who are, their photos are their main. And I'm realizing more now that my photos are almost an accessory to my words. And I didn't really acknowledge that for a long time. But like, it's almost like mini blogging. Like when you've made it very journalistic, some people are there to like the photos to capture your attention. But we want to capture your attention. It's like the hook. It's the hook to what we're going to say. And that's yeah. the that's the more important stuff for some people. And for others, it's like, I just really want to, I just really want to look at your pretty face and like, that's okay. (laughs) Like, that's probably why I started following you all those years ago. I'm just going to be real. (laughs) But seriously, thank you so much. I honestly learned so much and I, my, my mind is like expanding still from what you've said. And I think that your message is really important and we're, I'm, well, I'm so, we're so grateful that you wanted to come on. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. So So I think that's everything for us today, you guys. Uh, we will have all of Sarah's links down in the description if you guys want to check her out. And you guys can also check out her podcast, which is hopefully coming out in June. We hope. Fingers, <laughs> Fingers crossed. crossed. <laughs> but you guys can uh, check her out on Instagram to see updates for that. So thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.